Hey, what's up, everybody? Yours truly back in the space, back in the place. Once again, Mickey Smith Jr. with today's See the Sound podcast. You know what it is. It's the podcast that delves into a little bit more than just the teaching. It's not just about how we teach, but it's how we reach. It's not just about being able to instruct, but being able to inspire. And it's about making sure that we can see the significance. See, everybody has a sound, but our sound is not the audible. It's the internal. It's that thing that can repel or even resonate in a classroom or a stage or whatever your platform may be. So wherever, wherever you may be and however you may be, I'm glad that you're here with me today. An amazing guest is uh, is, is in the wait right now. We're, we're, I can't wait for you guys to meet my good friend. I guess I should say uh, my, my, my sister in the fraternity uh, that is the Grammys. Grammy, at the time of this recording, semifinalist Katie Silcott. Katie, welcome to See the Sound. Thank you so much, Mickey. I am so, so happy to be here. So honored. And we are excited to have you. Look, 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 wherever you're at, guys, don't go anywhere. I'm telling you, this is going to be one to remember. And uh, remember this, on the other side of this sound, you will see the sound. And we are back. Once again, yours truly, Mickey Smith Jr. And this is See the Sound. And today uh, we are we are doing a, a sound check, so to speak, with an individual that is, in my opinion, a very sound adult. Now, when I say sound, guys, I'm talking about more than just, you know, uh, speaking as a musician. We're talking about that internal significance that you have in yourself, but most importantly, the ability to see the significance in each and every person and each and every day that we have an opportunity to be a part of. And I truly believe that every opportunity is another opportunity for just that another opportunity. So, Katie, thank you for the opportunity to be with us today. Uh, for our listeners that may not be familiar with you, can you just take a moment or two and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I am here in central Ohio. I'm talking to you. I'm actually here at school right now. I teach at Shanahan Middle School, which is in the Olentangy School District, which is a suburb of Columbus. And um, I was born and raised in Ohio. I I was born in a suburb near Cleveland and um, went to school. I went to Solon schools. And when I was in sixth grade, I noticed that my choir teacher looked like she was having the most fun in her whole life. Every day that I saw her, she just was living the dream and I was captivated by her. So in sixth grade, I I started to chat with her and I said, I want to do what you do. And I I remember being a sixth grader and not really um, knowing how to put that all into words. I was like, I was just enamored with her. And so I, I said, I just, I just want to, I want to do what you do. And she goes, do you mean like play the piano? I said, no, I want to, I want to teach. And so she was amazing. She just let me, she let me accompany the choir. She let me lead warmups. She, she must've seen something in me that was excited and, and, um, and I never strayed from that path. I, I went to Ohio state university for my bachelor's and my master's oh my and um, majored in vocal music. Ed. I, I, we, you know, we had to do all, we played all the instruments, did all the, all the things, but voice was my focus. Although I do play drums. I'm a drummer. Yeah. I play the accordion a little bit too. And uh, all right. you know, and, that's uh, big yeah. in Louisiana. So we, we love some oh, accordion. Nice. nice. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, after college, I, I found a great job in a suburb of Columbus called Marysville. And I taught, high school started out teaching high school choir there after a few years I realized that oh I actually had helped out in the middle school also um and I realized that middle school was my total jam and I almost wonder well I'm pretty sure it's got to be because when I was in middle school that when I was a sixth grader that was when I was bit by the bug for sure so so that was when I I switched from high school to middle school still in Marysville taught for about 10 years there um so about 16 total then came a little closer to where my boys 
go to school. I, I, I'm teaching now here in the district where my, where my boys go to school. I have a 10 year old and an eight year old and still teaching middle school. I love it. I have 195 students and I just love it every day. I wake up and I'm so excited to go to work and be with all these awesome kids. Well, well, anybody that, that has the opportunity to witness you, you know, and I know like in Cleveland, LeBron was there to like we witness, like we're all witnesses. Well, yeah. I feel like I've, I've, I've been a witness. Anybody who sees you uh, and interacts with you, I believe that they too are captivated by you. I know I have been. Thank and you. it's just one of those things where I was like, I have to allocate some time to sit with this individual, so to speak, and, and just get to know more about her heart, her passion. Um, for the classroom, but more, it's more than the classroom with you. I I, I feel that there's same a certain energy. Same, yeah. same. I get it from you too. I, that's why I'm so, when you contacted me, I was so happy because you are just, I feel like, like we're kindred yeah, spirits. Most for definitely, sure. Most definitely. So, you know, I feel like we all have a sound, but, but I'll say this, the sound necessary to teach middle school. <laughs> I think that sounds a little bit different. It's unique, you know? Uh, so like with, with middle school, I think you have to have, just a love for it, but they have to have a love for you too. That's like middle school. You can't, you can't fake the funk. So like no, anytime no. I meet somebody who loves middle school, I, I feel like, I feel like that's, that, that, that's like you said, we're just kindred spirits because it takes a certain yes. mindset and individual and heart to, to love this thing. Absolutely. Especially middle school. And that's what I've noticed, not just with the music staff at my school, but all the teachers here. It's so it's such a special thing. You do have to have a very, very special passion for sure. And then it's and then it's it's addictive. Then you you just can't leave. You can't leave. I mean, I yeah. not if I ever want to teach elementary or go back to high school, but I just oh, it's just it's different. Great. I'm telling you, I'm in a situation right now where where I, I taught at a particular school for a number of years and it was pre-K through, through eighth grade. But I was. I was focused strictly in the middle school, middle school band. And oh. now I have moved and uh, we've moved states. I'm in, oh. I'm in South Florida now and oh. I teach at a private school. And now my responsibility is first grade, eighth grade. Oh so, my. Oh. Yes. Very different. I, I am. I am I am engaging in professional and personal development every day. Every day Absolutely. I'm learning something. Oh my every goodness. day I am learning what? something new about teaching. Yeah. I thought I knew what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, you came in with years. You were like, I got this. I got this. Yeah, no, Ooh, those no, first graders. I don't. <laughs> Ooh, man. That it's is just, but I love it though. It's 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 so interesting and it's making me reimagine and reevaluate even um prior teaching practices. Not to say they're wrong, but just I think to some extent it's let's not get it twisted. It has been difficult because because it is a different different even from fifth grade to sixth grade is different, oh, you know, yes, and yes. then when you talk about first grade, that's an entire different energy and different cadence oh, and different structure, to how you do yes. things. But it's it's definitely making me go back to the drawing board and ask myself the why, the who, the mm -hmm. what, the when. And I think that's important, depending on on the stage that we're at in our teaching. I think it's healthy every so often to be put in a situation that makes you look at it again for the first time. Yes, it keeps you fresh for sure. It definitely keeps you keeps. Yeah, you don't you don't get stuck in any sort of rut if you can always revisit whether it's teaching uh, different age kids or, you know, that's so important, especially, you know, the, to not be burnt out. You have to you got to yeah. stay fresh, got to think of yeah. the why all the time. And then the why goes through a different lens. Each each group, each class you have, each age you have, it changes. 
And that's a great thing to model for kids too, that like they can, they've got to look at things in a bunch of different ways too, for sure. Exactly. That lens, that perspective is everything. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one thing that really drew me to you is um, just seeing the lens that you look at life through. I feel like I, this is really our first time talking, but I, I, I really felt like looking at you, I saw an individual that looks through life uh, through a lens of love. Like, 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 you know, not, it's not that you don't see that there's a challenge or a problem, but I, I feel like you see solutions as, as the focus, as opposed to the problems. And, and I just, I just wanted to just kind of delve into that a little bit um, about who you are and your perspective and, and I just feel like that comes from somewhere. Was there an individual you talked about your teacher? Uh, like what 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 gives you that 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 energy and that fire to come into the classroom? Because like you I thought about you this week. One of the uh, a couple weeks ago, one of the guys at our school wore the um, the slinky, the slinky. Um, like like I, I, what do they call like oh, when they do, like, do the average? Wacky the arm guy, the guy that yes, you said like like with. when you do the advertisements on the side of the oh, road, yes, the wacky yes. arm guy. And yeah. he was he was sweating out. He was sweating out like in thirty in, in, in like 15, 30 minutes. I'm telling you, I was like, oh, wow, man. she is a trooper because you wore that like all day. Right. <laughs> I'm very known for wearing different mascot outfit. When my son's little league baseball team, they were the sharks this summer. So I bought an inflatable shark outfit. I don't know. You know, when kids when people ask, like, where does this all come from? I just I really it's I the thing I say lately is it's my wiring. I just have this wiring in my head. I'm of course inspired by so many people and I have a loving family and but just for some reason in my in my head it just feels so great to be able to have a perspective of how to bring light to any situation I am mm. in if I can do that and provide that for people that's just gonna hopefully make people feel great and even a middle schooler who's like are you for real it's so yeah. cool to see that like I say hi to every kid in the hallway if I whether I know them or not but it's just neat to see how they open up and like say hi back. And they, they're first like, did she, she talking to me? But it's just, just to be able to show how to be a bright human. It's, it's just an, it's very energizing and awesome. Well, I, I think we need more models of that. I think that's so important. Um, so what you do um, transcends just the teaching, but I, I, I believe that you're a lighthouse. You're a lighthouse, not just for these students, but even for your colleagues, your peers, the community, those parents. I, I can't tell you how many times um, a parent will come up and, and they'll reference something that maybe I've said or done that I thought was just so small in the moment, but you don't realize that it meant everything to that person because of maybe the moment that they were in. Maybe they were in a yeah. difficult time. You know, we were talking uh, prior to the, the, the recording and I had shared with you how probably my most visible time in my life was actually my most vulnerable. And, and for so many people, they, they oftentimes are fighting battles. We have no idea. Um, you know, is that something you think about whenever you're in the classroom of being that being that light source? And and what, how, how do you how does someone do that? Because you said it, you said I'm wired that way. Yeah. But but at the same time, do you think that that's something someone can develop? Is it a muscle that that maybe it won't look just like yours? But is that something that we can do? And, and how does somebody do that? Yeah, I do. I do believe it's a behavior. It's something that can be learned. And, you know, because I, I read an article a few years ago about be, when, when you're in a classroom or no, when you're in a building, speaking more on a staff member side of things about being a marigold. I don't know if you've ever seen this teaching mm -hmm. article. It's it's called Be a Marigold. And okay. it talks about how marigolds, when they're planted next to other other, you know, crop other 
plants, they are nurturing plants. They're built. So when you want to, when you have a very precious flower, you try to plant it next to a marigold so that it can be protected. The marigold kind of looks out for others and the marigold kind of, you know, protects, but also encourages and, and just nurtures. And then I guess they, in the article, it goes on to talk about walnut trees and the walnut trees are are huge and they are often filled with like toxic things that could harm other plants. So you want to try to be as much of a marigold to someone or, or a new teacher would want to look for the marigolds in their class, in their building to kind of nurture and grow. It's, it's a, I'm not really a gardener. I don't have a lot of plants or anything, but when I read that, I was like, that just makes so much sense to be someone that you can be, if someone's near you, you can help nurture them and, and, and promote positivity rather than, you know, it's very easy in the teaching profession. To sure, say, oh, sure. You know, this I is- mean, and it's just easy in life too. You know, even, even when I think about social media, it's, it's so oh, interesting. Yeah. I try to be cognizant of what I share and what I post. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's so interesting that if I share a story that has a negative connotation, astronomical shares, astronomical repost and likes, you know, not that, that that my message is a negative one, but if it's if it's something like I posted something a few weeks back where it talked about um, how we're in jeopardy as a profession, because there, there is a shortage of teachers that are willing to teach under the circumstances we have right now. Yes. And man, just like, boom, it blew up. And then, you know, the next day I may have said, you know, go make today great. And it was like crickets, you know, and, and but I find it's crazy and people yeah. will tell you they'll tell me yeah. man mickey i love your posts i see them but they don't like them they don't reshare them in the same way that we do you know i think to some extent we're kind of wired for the negative so so when yeah. someone such as yourself kind of goes against that it's 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 eye-opening to me it it just kind of makes me it makes me sad it's, it's necessary but I, I think it's important that we that we understand the importance of having a mind shift as opposed to maybe a mindset, you know? And yeah, and there's flexibility. Yeah, like I feel like maybe some people are afraid to look into something a different way because they feel like they're going to go against what they've held true for their whole life. But a shift is so much, if you put it that way, a mind shift or at least just opening up your view a little bit more. I think that's that's great for anyone to learn. And that's why I'm happy at this age that I can be that for kids, you know, so hopefully when they get into their older years, they can, and I, yeah, I see those articles too. I see all the negative yeah. stuff, but then there's the good news movement and the human good. There's all these great websites that you, yeah, they don't, you don't see much there. You, you don't see them as much, but yeah. people need them. They need, yeah. we need that. Uh, for whatever reason, we don't always respond to them the same way. And I think sometimes it's even a fear thing. I think we're afraid to embrace those different things. We, you know, we've, we do what we've always done. We're creatures of habit. But I was sharing with my students years ago um, the idea of how something that doesn't look dangerous or painful or hurtful can actually be. And I gave a kid a small water bottle, like a little tea tiny one. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, hold this water bottle. And I said, is that hard to hold? He's like, no. I said, now, what would happen if we held it for 12 hours? He's like, that's crazy. And I said, I'm serious. What if you held this? easy to hold water bottle for 12 hours or even 12 days. He's like, that's impossible. I said, why? You said it was, you said it was light and, and getting them to think a little bit deeper. And of course he came to the conclusion that, that anybody that's listening to this today will come to. And that is, it doesn't matter how small something is holding it in the same posture in the same position for too long 
causes pain for any of us. I mean, I don't care if it's a simple rock or a phone or if you hold it in that, that still set position, your muscles would get cramped. And, and it always makes me think about what are we thinking about? What thoughts are we holding on to that mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we should let go. So when I look at someone like yourself, it's so interesting because there's so many people that are still holding on to 2020. And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to anybody because we've all lost. I, I, actually, the year I won the Grammy, I, I laid to rest seven loved ones oh. in, in one year. Oh. So, so I, I understand wholeheartedly the difficulties that have come with the season that we're in. But it's just that it's a season. Sometimes we have to think about what are we thinking about? Are we thinking about it or are we dwelling on it? Oh. And it doesn't make you a bad person to think about it. But I think if we stay in that fixed position, we actually do more harm to ourselves mm -hmm. than the thing itself could have done. Absolutely. Uh, how, uh, how, how have you managed to not get ah, cramped up in this thing called COVID or crisis? Oh, or yeah. I think that I was reading an article too recently about that. Like it's like right now, you even with COVID still around or anything challenging still around, it's like you're going out into a snowstorm. You have you know you're going to need to drive somewhere in the snow. Well, not in South Florida. You're not driving no, in any snow. I hope not. <laughs> but like you, I guess I just in my head I think you know if there's something challenging coming up or if people are if there's something challenging that's easy to hold on to or if you know something is coming up ahead, you you just have to instead of like you said getting stiff and stuck in the one holding on to the one thing you have to escape from that and say, okay, are my tires good? Do I know that the snow is going to end soon? Am I prepared? Am I ready to pull over if I need to? I guess just having the, knowing that you could have the flexibility to kind of not have to stick into one, not have to dwell, like you said, dwell yeah. on any sort of thing that, that could, cause it is, you're right. This is a time now that people are, and it has been a, a very crazy time of loss. And even just on a surface level, the loss of, you know, not I know so many people had no concerts last year with yeah. our, with the, the learning model that we had. And so, and, but actually though, that's coming back to the concert topic. Like that's been so nice to just be able breathe. to breathe. Yes. Yeah. And be yes. in the moment and not yeah. have to run, you know, feel like you're being forced into this, 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 this corner of performance. Yeah. And I can't, I, I'm being pigeonholed. It's been, it's yeah. been actually kind of refreshing to be able to sit in the process of it all. Yeah and enjoy the process. And to get to know kids all last year, you know, we had smaller classes. We saw like half the alphabet one day, half the alphabet the other. And it was so nice to be able to see them on a smaller level. Cause you're used to that too. having bands that are yeah. huge. And I had a lot smaller classes and now going into this year, knowing those kids from last year, having that intimate time. Now we can like really, really make music and we are gearing up for performances, but it's just, it is refreshing. It's nice to just, you know, just do what we love for sure. And it all goes back to that perspective you talked about, you know, like, mm -hmm. like having that perspective of seeing where I'm at and finding the beauty in that. And, and, yeah. and even what you talked about before, you know, okay, the snow is coming, but let me shift my perspective on what works, yeah. what, what's winning, what I do have. I, I, I was sharing with someone a while back that, you know, being in Louisiana, uh, we have a lot of hurricanes, um, yeah. the, the community I'm, I was living in actually had two hurricanes hit it in six weeks same routes that's like oh my like God. lightning striking in the same spot what? twice yeah um and this was this was actually the same path that that a hurricane took 15 years prior my first year teaching so it's oh. very 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 odd i mean it's just, just crazy 
But with that being said, having been through so many storms, I was sharing with somebody that there's never been a storm so big that if I didn't just keep going, if I didn't keep driving, I didn't come out on the other side. And I think it's important that we understand that, you know, just like we talked about, there's pain from being in that fixed position. There's Mm -hmm. also, I think there's pain and maybe even destruction from staying fixed in something that was only meant to be a season. And so many of us, you know, we're going through seasons right now and not to discount it uh, or disregard it, but but understand that that you're bigger. You're bigger than this season. We're going to come out on the other side. But at some point, we have to believe in something bigger than the problem. Mm -hmm. So when you go into a classroom, you're faced with challenges. None of these kids are perfect. Matter of fact, we aren't perfect. Our systems aren't perfect. Our our structures, our our campuses. what do you what do you focus on? What what do you set your perspective to when you step into a classroom every day? Because you have a choice. You can see problems or you can see potential or you can see promise. How do you what does that look like other than just saying be the best? Like what are some things a teacher can do? Say I'm a first year teacher. Let's say let's say I had COVID for my student teaching and oh, then I right. had COVID yeah. part two <laughs> for my first yeah. year teaching. I, I don't know what I'm doing, so to speak, or maybe I'm thriving because I have nothing compared to. But right. They're regardless. like, oh, this can't get any worse. Right. Right. You know, I, mean, really, I think about those teachers a lot. And I I use this thing. I call it the sunshine ratio. And I try if anything is on my mind that is making me upset. I try to find at least two other things that are good, that are at least better than the thing I'm thinking about or worried about. And I tell my kids this too. So I walk in, if I walk into class and someone's having a bad day or I'm having a bad day, I got to try to think of at least double to the one. So if there's one thing that I'm worried about, I try to think of two things that Hmm. even if they're little, that'll kind of pull me out of dwelling on the one thing. Um, That's kind of where I, and so if a, if a kid's coming into class and they're like, Oh, I just, I'm not having a good day. And I, and I ask why, and, and it could be a big thing. I try to at least, you know, try to pull them out and find something that they could focus on in class. And what's really nice about our profession is we can make music and that heals us in any way. Gosh, even just doing our warmups kids. And that doesn't, I'm not saying a kid in a bad mood is all of a sudden in a good mood for sure. And every day, but it just being able to sing together really, it really is healing. It makes an impact. Yeah, so to a first year teacher, I would just say, the, go back to the why. Absolutely. Go back mm-hmm. to why, you know, think about when you were in school, how, how you felt when you were in a, when you were making music in a place that was bigger than yourself, contributing to something bigger than yourself. Go back to that and don't set lofty goals of have, doing all these really complicated pieces of music. Just, just make music and, and, you know, just keep it simple for sure. And try to keep the good, the pocket of goodness bigger than the stone in your shoe that mm. might be there but you know you got to try to try to shift your view a little bit shift your lens a little that's, that's it. what i you try know, and, and it's not easy it's not easy it's not but, but it's necessary it's it necessary is. or and, else it, yeah it's just not good for that's what i i don't really yell much in class either and kids are like why don't you ever just but i just feel like you've got to look out for yourself you have to why yeah. would i yell and work myself up you exactly. guys are just going to laugh probably. Or exactly. Just, it's crazy. Just, it's just not worth it. You got to really look out for, you know, trying now to. Your, your blood pressure is high. Your voice is hoarse. Oh. And, and literally they've gone and, and they went to bed that night and slept great. And Oh, sure. Totally for, they didn't yeah. think about it at all after school. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So 
I just, and it's, and again, we are lucky to be able to be in a place where we can, you know, just make music. I always tell my kids, like, it's, it's a great, I have eighth graders first period every day. And we just get to start the day so well together as a family singing and connecting. And some of them, you know, some of them are friends with each other. Some of them are only in that class together. And it's just, it's really neat how we, we can just connect and, and try to put any drama at the door, but it's hard in middle school, but it's, it's, and it's just been, so that's why I, every day, I really don't feel nervous coming into class because it just, it's such a joyful place and, and yeah. we're lucky to be able to do this. Well, I, I know that comes with, that comes with years of experience that comes with uh, those things you talked about, but I also hear that it comes with a certain level of vision casting. You know, I, yeah. I always like to say that things don't happen um, by happenstance. They happen by habit stacks, small things done well stacked on on top of each other. You know, if I, if I come into your classroom, I, I've never been in your classroom before, but I know, I know just even from looking at the the background, I I can tell that there's, there's a certain level of structure and order. I call it a map management action plan. There's things that you've put together that gives your classroom a certain signature that, that, that if I walked into your classroom right now, there's a certain way kids come to the door. There's a certain thing they do when they come in. I just already know it because you can't have that type of joy without some type of order. You know, there's a level of organized chaos in the classroom. Oh, yeah. But it can't be a steady diet of chaos, right? There's my risers. Yeah, you're right. It's a balance. Yeah. That's it. That's it. But yeah, I'm looking at the risers. I'm looking at the piano is set properly. You know, as I'm looking at your, your room right now, I can't help but think about how much teaching mirrors performer performance so as a performer you know when we when we get ready to uh, to share our gift and our passion through music number one we have to make sure that we have our sound right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, so so there's a level of sound discovery we discover our sound whether it's in the practice room whether it's you know with, with private lessons or mm-hmm. you know just practice in general but then after we have our sound and it's ready to be showcased we also have to set our stage and setting our stage means, like you said before, having the riser set at the appropriate place, maybe having a certain floor monitor there for a speaker or a piano there or music stands have to be set in a way that you're comfortable. And a great artist, whether it's the Rolling Stones or whoever it is, they, they want their stage set up a certain way so that they can comfortably perform and be everything that they need to be. Why? Because the last part of this is not just sharing your sound or discovering your sound or setting up the stage, but it's also engaging your audience. Right. Yeah. So so you want to be able to captivate your audience. And in this case, when we talk about your sound, your stage, your audience, the sound is what you bring to the classroom is what we've been talking about. Your stage is what we're talking about now, that classroom setup that mm-hmm. allows you to to be your best version of yourself and to emote and to educate and to elevate and all those things. But then the audience is those young lives that we touch, that yeah. those minds that we teach, those hearts that we reach. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that more than just teaching we're behavior detectives that yeah. we have an ability to look at who they are and to see them and we're, we're influencers in the stance of, of helping them see the identity that they have and yes. discover their sound um you know so so you know for 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 us in the profession a lot of people kind of get turned off when we when i use words like performance or we're performing but i'm just curious you know you may disagree with me but do you do you feel that that that's a, 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 a an okay parallel or a comparison 
you know, as, as far as what we do is high performance, what we're doing is we are performing, we're sharing, we're communicating. How do you view it? I view it. It was interesting when you were explaining that I view it very much like a performance and because when you want your performers, when you're getting your students ready for performances, I always think of, you know, what do we want when we're on stage? How do we want our audience to feel? And the big answer is we want them to be comfortable. We want them to, you know, listen to the gift we have to give and feel at ease and not. So I try in preparing my kids to say, you know, you you want to make sure you know what you're doing. You want to make sure you are ready to bring as much joy as possible or whatever the mood of your piece is. So I, I think if we're modeling that if it is kind of like a performance we want our students to feel at ease and we want them to you know feel that we're in a classroom that is structured and but also a little crazy and you know just yeah. that they could be safe and be themselves and but in then if you flip that around then when they're on stage performing we want you know that to come out to the audience we want them to you know be prepared and structured but also fun and you know it's kind of a neat parallel to i i yeah. believe it is kind of performing for sure yeah. i think because kids can see that too if you're not if you're not bringing the energy or you're not tapping into their you know what where their moods are you know that they can see that and then they're mm -hmm. not really buying into what you're doing you know mm -hmm. i think it's I think it's i've seen it firsthand it's taken a little while um even in the situation that I'm in, in right now, because I'm in a new place yeah. and even culturally it's different. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's so different. Kids are kids, but you know, different parts of the country are different and, and different walks of life are different. And even certain campus cultures are different. It doesn't make any worse or bad or better. It's just, it's just different. So having to come in and navigate such a different space, I've had to, I don't want to say redefine, but I've had to rediscover what are those things that worked in the past? Because after you find them and they work, sometimes they become automated. Sometimes it just, yeah, it yeah just you happens. gotta keep it fresh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, for sure. And and a lot of the kids were coming into my classroom already excited, you know, from the elementary. Oh. They're like, oh, because they already knew Mr. Smith. And, yes. and now it's like, oh, I forgot how difficult it is to forge those relationships. I thought I could do that and I was doing it. But now it's different. Um, how 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 do you how do you create relationships? You know, and for folks for folks that are listening today, we got folks that are listening that are teachers. We have some folks that that are, are supporters of education, and they listen to this because so much of life mirrors or reflects the classroom. That I'm always amazed that there's people that that really tune into this stuff, and they they really have never taught a day in their life in the classroom, but they're intrigued by what makes teachers great in modern day teaching. So I believe modern day teaching is relationship based teaching. I don't think you can separate the two. Um, so so how how do you forge relationships in your classroom or what do you think are some key elements for that? That's something that has gotten so much easier as I've been teaching that. And I know that's hard to give that advice to a new teacher. <laughs> just stick with it. But that, that is so cool to see. I think of my first five years of teaching and I, I developed relationships and, you know, definitely, but it was so different from now in years like 15 through 20, where you, you just kind of know the dynamic of a school year and you know, mm -hmm. you know, and if, even if you're not, cause I haven't been in the same, this is my fourth year here. So it's been kind of new, but it's, but you still kind of feel the formula, you know, the formula as you have, taught every year. I feel like just giving it time really, really helps. And I really feel now this is something that has gotten even more 
potent in my years here at Shanahan, involving the whole school building in in anything you do, as a, especially as a music teacher or a science yeah. teacher or a social studies teacher, if you can work on the climate of the whole building, I would give, I would tell a first year teacher, absolutely. That is something so easy to do just to get out there and meet other teachers and see what other classes are doing. And, you know, if you're I have very supportive administrators and if they're, even if they are or aren't, you know, you could still get out and kind of reach out into the building more than just in your classroom. That's something I wish I knew I could have done more in my first few years. Like just, just That's reach good. out more into the, into the school. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can testify. That is something super important. I was a little nervous. I took my first steps. I'm at this new school and I started asking teachers if I could sit in on their class and participate yeah. too, which oh, is, yeah. It's awkward because those chairs are small. Yes. First grade. Yes. Oh, I underestimated. My oh, legs are kind of long from the little chairs. We had to, oh, right. to revisit like my to, seat. Right. When I go to parent teacher conferences at my kid's school, I'm just sitting there and the little kid. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Forget. I mean, like, I just, when they sit in it, it looks normal. When you sit in it, you look like Gulliver from like oh, Gulliver's goodness, Travels. Yes. Or something yeah. So, oh, but that's but, great. Uh, but it, it gives me a, it gives me an insight on what other great teachers are doing yes, to, to, yes. to make those situations work and um, really gets the wheels turning. I was very nervous about doing it at first. Um, contrary to pop belief, I am I am a recovering introvert. I oh am. I am. Yes, very, very much so. Uh, but over the years, I understand that life's better when we band together. Yeah. I understand that life moves at the speed of relationships and and you've got to come out of that 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 comfort zone sometimes in order to grow. And then you could still go back there. You could still yes. have that. I love that too. I love, you know, having that time when I could just be by myself. But yeah, yeah, it's that's it's, good. I'm glad you said you can always go back because yeah. it's not changing who you are. I'll always be naturally more introverted, but now I know that I have the strength to flex that muscle and 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 speak for myself and advocate and collaborate and do those things I need to do. But it's with the understanding that I'm going to need an hour yes, yes, <laughs> afterwards. Yes. I'm going to, I refuel from, 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 from alone time and quiet time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's being aware of yourself and having that, that sense of self-awareness and personal awareness. I think that's been so important to us yeah. all in this season um, because we get so busy. Sometimes we lose ourselves and everything. Oh, sure. um, you know, what are some things that you do as, as or what's, what's worked for you as far as keeping you fueled? And, and keeping you in touch with yourself. Cause I think that that's probably the most important relationship we can have as teachers, because if we're not good for ourselves, as you said earlier, if my throat's sore and hoarse, and if my blood pressure's high, then I can't be that sound adult for them. So right. I'm just curious, I'm getting all in your business. Like we say back at home, getting all in your Kool-Aid. How do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you make sure that you, you are good for you in order to be good for them? That's a really good question. Cause I, I just have this, I have this a servant heart, I guess I feel like. And so I, when I'm trying to kind of decompress, I, I, I still stay busy in things that are, you know, passion that I'm passionate about. So I, and I do have like quiet time and I do like to be on my own and things, but like, I just, if I, if I need a break from spreading the light in the music classroom, 
I love getting involved in my community. I just joined the board for my community pool, our swimming pool, mm-hmm. our city pool needed yeah. parents that would be on the board. So I just joined that just to kind of like meet new people and see people not in the music world. And, and, you know, I, I, um, Oh, can you say that again? Can you say that again? Look, oh, look, we just stepped people. on somebody's toes, but we need to, we're going to step on their whole foot. Oh, you need sorry. to see people outside of what? Yeah, I know. Sorry, music friends. There are other people out there. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've heard about these people. amazing it's amazing and they love music too that's the cool thing you can blend it like i you know i go to my son's little league games but i also play music at when the boys walk up to the plate i'm the dj i like to play their little walk-up songs when they when they go up but you can still kind of be in in a world of of non-music people for sure and it's just fine everyone will be fine yeah i think that's important and you know and i apologize i've never been a proponent of sarcasm even in my class i couldn't pass that one up though but but you know just kind of being sarcastic with though there's other people out there but the the fact of the matter is we do get so consumed sometimes with what we love that mm-hmm. we miss you know it, it comes down to this some I, I was sharing with some somebody that sometimes we're so busy um looking looking for music in the world that sometimes we miss the world in the music right yeah we, we, oh, we yeah. miss we miss we miss seeing that there's more to this thing than than what we see and the, and the crazy thing is this as you as you so eloquently put it they love music too but what they can do is they can give us a different perspective of what that love can look like at a greater and a deeper appreciation i think i think so much of what we've failed at as as music teachers because we always do advocacy and music matters and i feel like we've been saying it over and over but it doesn't seem to matter however when i go through an airport and i have my saxophone i'm almost late to my plane every time because everybody and their mama wants to tell me about their music experience. And I'm thinking that's so interesting. You know, and when I think of athletics, we're in the South and football is really big, as you know, Ohio State, but but football is really big. But when you look at the percentage of individuals that play that type of sport in an organized fashion, or even at a, at a academic level, be it middle school, high school, even collegiate, Mm -hmm. those numbers are minuscule. Like, like we're talking like, you know, like the 1%, you know, or maybe even less than that, make it to this thing called the NFL, but they've marketed so much and they've marketed it so well that we all feel like we're a part of something that very few of us have ever, the vast majority of folks have never scored a touchdown, never stepped on a field. But I will say the vast majority of people in our society have been participant of some type of structured music experience that was enriching to them. So what happens? I think part of it is we don't make music education as inclusive. We make it almost kind of country club and and it, yeah. it separates folks. And they think, well, I can't do that because it's so academic. But it's the irony is it's the universal language. It's for all. Yes. Um, Whatever age they if they want to start saxophone, if my husband at age 41 wants to start it, you shouldn't say no, you you should try it, you know, like yeah. learn. It's it's never too late. Absolutely. Right. And we're not just saying that because saxophone's a great instrument, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. No, but but I mean, really, I've had some retirees. We worked uh, the place that I live had a a huge petrochemical industry. And a lot of these gentlemen, it's primarily men, would work in these refineries and they would devote, you know, 40, 50 years of their life to this company. And upon retirement, they realized, wow, outside of this company, I don't really have anything I can 
pour myself into or lose myself to. So a lot of these retirees would come to me and say, hey, would you teach me how to play an instrument? Because oh. now I have the grandkids here and I want to be able to play my granddaughter a song on, mm. you know, on the porch. And it was so beautiful to watch, you know, during the day I'm teaching, you know, 11 year olds. But in the evening, I got a 76 year old or oh, I love a 61 year old, you know, and it's like, wow, music's the one thing that it doesn't age out. Like no, it doesn't it does expire. Not. It does not expire. Absolutely. And it's and you're right. The, the population, the amount of people who have who have been exposed to music versus other things that, yeah. And, and that's why I think in advocacy, sometimes we do get kind of stuck in, you know, and it sounds like we're complaining or but, preachy, but it's, complain. it's like preachy, right. But it's so easy. It's so, that's where I just love this so, so much right now is just, it's so easy to involve people. Like and anyone is, it's a party and anyone's invited. And in a middle school where you wouldn't ever talk to this kid that you're standing across the group from, if this baritone is singing with the soprano and they would have never talked before in their life. They're in choir together. And that is yeah. so cool that they can have 45 minutes of music making. And, you know, it's just, it's just neat that you're teaching that community. And, and that, that is why I was so compelled to speak with you because from a larger standpoint, you are the ultimate advocate for music education. You are an incredible model for what advocacy should look like because advocacy is not standing on a platform or standing on Capitol Hill. It's being in the community and it's mm -hmm. putting a face to something that is so precious and so beautiful. We know this when we watch those, you know, save the children, feed the children, this yeah. and that. They always put a picture, you know, or save the animals. They always put a picture. And when you see that picture, it's hard to turn your face away from it because you've there's a heartstring there. And I think for us in this season, if we could have more faces that showed light, that showed oh, yes. the beauty of what music can be to the point where not necessarily making students professional musicians, but giving no. them a space and a place to discover their sound and yes. who they can be. That's the greatest advocacy work that we can do. It's Absolutely. just being active participants in this thing called the classroom and in the profession. And that's yeah. where you shine. Be marigolds. We'll be a little bit of marigolds, everybody. Yes. And it's it's easy. And you're right. Everyone's sound. I love your philosophy because everyone's sound is so different. And it's so nice that it is all different. Like, I love that any kid could, you know, learn, discover their sound and how it changes and be proud of it. And if we can help them be proud of it, that's just that's the best job in the world, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. So, again, to my listeners out there, I told you, I huh? told you today was going to be something special. You have experienced the marigold miracle that oh. is Katie. I'm telling you, like she <laughs> I mean if if you if you leave this 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 time today, this session today, this podcast today and you say I don't even know, I don't know how to be that sound adult. I would say put it back on repeat and listen again because sometimes we make things bigger and deeper and more complicated than they need to be. It's so it's easy. It's the small things. It's the it's little easy. things. It's 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 so easy and tap into the love, tap into the joy at any age, you know, it's easy. It's so easy. It's easy. And speaking of easy, what we're about to do next is just that. As a participant and a guest on this podcast, we have a great tradition of putting all of our guests on the hot seat, so to speak. Oh. We, we call it the sound check. So in just a moment, 
We're going to come back and we're going to challenge you. It's the lightning round. We talk about what it means to be a sound adult. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot in just a second. And we're going to ask you a series of questions. And I want you to share with us what these things or these statements mean to you in an effort not only to just shed a little light on what your sound is, but to hopefully give someone some encouragement at the same time. So uh, hang tight, guys. We're coming toward the end, but we're not done yet. On the other side of this sound, we're going to have our sound check. Mike check one, two, one, two. Mike check one, two, one, two. And we are back, guys. Listen, listen, listen. Now is that time of the podcast where we, it's a tradition. We put our guest on the hot seat and we ask them the challenging questions. And that question is, how do I become a sound adult? Now, why is that so important? Because at the end of the day, again, we all have a sound. But most importantly, I believe every child is one sound adult away from discovering their own sound of success. Katie, you are what, one sound adult away. Like, like, wait, give, give her a shout out. Who was the music teacher that you saw and you were like, I want to be the music teacher? What's her name? Oh my gosh, Jan Swanson. I can't wait. Yay. She's going to listen to this and she's going to. So um, then Ann Usher, who is president of OME, my wonderful middle school teacher, Ann Usher, Dave Curtis at high school in the high That's school. It. They're all going to hear this. And then all my college professors, it just built and built. But Jan, Jan Swanson was my first, yeah, first, that first oh, experience, that first realization of what could be. And that's so important. Um, know that you're more than just a teacher. You are literally a lighthouse for individuals to see and navigate this mm -hmm. thing called life. So uh, part of that is is being sound and sound is an acronym S O U N D. So today, I'll put you on the hot seat. All right, you ready? You ready? Okay, I'm yes, going to give you exactly. a series Bring of on. phrases that spell out, so to speak, the word sound, S-O-U-N-D. And with each phrase, I want you to just take a moment and let me know what that means to you. First thing that comes to your mind, it's rapid fire, so it's quick. So here we go. S Love it. stands for Love it. see yourself beyond yourself. What does that mean to you? Oh, we have so many opportunities to be a part of something bigger. And so whether it is in a choir or a band or a baseball team or a football team or in the cafeteria mm -hmm. eating lunch, how could you contribute to a bigger cause? See yourself beyond yourself. You, your part in this whole could be so impactful. That's, good. That's, That's what good. that means. Seeing beyond yourself, seeing something bigger. And sometimes the bigger is not always the better or the 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 um, attractive. Sometimes it's the small things that we overlook and undervalue, but that has the most significant impact. Literally today, literally today, you are a Grammy recognized educator. Do you think Miss Swanson had any idea that she would be quote unquote creating the next and the best for the profession? when she was going over those scales or she was working on those, there's no way we know the impact that we have, but it's so important uh -huh. that we see beyond the challenges, the problems and, uh, and see the significance. So that's, 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 that's powerful. I love it. It even starts in the cafeteria. That's good. So, Oh, yeah. Wherever you are, yeah, everywhere. at the grocery store, everywhere. whatever you can. Yeah. So we got see yes. yourself beyond yourself. O stands for operate in optimism and excellence daily. Talk to us about that. Oh my goodness. That's, that, that's like my, 
that should be on a t-shirt that I wear every day. I, I optimism. If you can look at, it kind of goes off what we were chatting about earlier. It just, if you can look at something with as much light and sunshine as you possibly could, it will, it, it will make you successful. It will. However you want to look at it when you're sitting down at your math test and you are not fully prepared, but you're still going to give it your all put it in, put the good vibes in your head and, Optimism breeds that's excellence. Good, good. I believe. I, I, I was right. just thinking that's your calling card right there. That one right there. So you said it. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. Got to get the t-shirt. Got to get the t-shirt. Oh, got to. I, I, I say you don't need to yes. go back. Um, you don't have to go back to the old. As much as we sometimes we just need to see the new. We just need to, to see something new. Yeah. And 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 I believe that um, that that our perspective, our attitude makes all the difference in the world. A lot of times we walk into a situation and we say, can I? But really, I believe that that perspective, that mindset that you just described turns things around. It makes a sound 180 and it turns it from can I to I can, I can. And I think it's important. Mm -hmm. It's not the words Mm -hmm. that sometimes are messed up. It's just the way that we're seeing them. So, so, so yeah, operating in optimism and excellence is so powerful. That's, that's good. That's good. There's this little, there's, I do have a little anecdote, this little ending, we're doing uh, rocking around the Christmas tree for our like opener of our concert. And it ends with this piano part. That's like, and I'm not playing piano for the concert. I only play for rehearsal. We have a beautiful accompanist that plays for us, but my sweet little seventh grader, her name's Claire. She said, she said, Mrs. Silcott, I don't, I bet you can't play that. She was kind of challenging me. I know her well enough where she's like, I knew she was just kind of like, she's just, and I go, Claire, I'm going to practice. I, I, I'm very nervous about this. Piano is not my strongest thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to go home and I'm going to practice this little triple, triple, triple. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it tomorrow, Claire. Yeah. And I opti- operated in optimism. So the next day, jingle bell rock. Da, 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 and I did it. And she, her face and she, and the kids were clapping, you know, the ones who were kind of like, Claire, why are you calling her out? I, they were all like, yeah. So I that's operated that's in optimism and played that little ending. Maybe well, I could play I'll for the concert. This, we'll not see. only are you a role model, but now you're a supermodel. You are a supermodel because that kid will never forget. Man. She Claire will never forget. Hey. <laughs> she won't. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So we got S, we got O. U stands for utilize all available resources. Speak on that for us. I'm glad that's you because that goes back to my advice for a first year teacher or a 40 year teacher. Look around your school, look around your school and, and, and look at your parents and look at your kids who were once in your choir and are now in the next school, like my high schoolers, look, keep, look around, keep looking all around and involve as many people in your program as possible. It, it, do a staff choir, mm. staff musical, teach a 76 year old guy to play saxophone as much as uh, spread all that as many resources as possible. Cause it's weird to call, I shouldn't call them resources, but there's, that's your world. You're expanding your well, world. I'm, I'm going to be honest when you said it, uh, like, like I'm a, I'm a words guy, like what words really jump out at me. And it wasn't until you spoke about resources in the role or the capacity of others that I looked at the word again in my mind. And I thought about it. Our source, our source for strength, our source for fuel to keep us going oftentimes lies in the lives of others. So that's why they're mm-hmm. resources, because they help to keep us. They're mm-hmm. our source for, for not giving up. And because if we had to do all this ourselves, there's no way we, we crumble under the pressure. So don't feel bad 
you yeah. know, about asking or reaching out, that would be as silly as trying to put on a, 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 a spring or a fall performance uh, with just one individual. Nobody would come to hear that. You know, the power is in the choir, it's no in the way. ensemble, it's in the orchestra, it's in the band. Okay. Life is truly better when we band together. So uh, resources, that's mm. that's powerful. Yeah, I love it. I asked for I asked for one box of Kleenex. I ran out of <laughs> tissues. Tis the season, and I emailed my whole staff. And look at all the tissues. Wow. Oh, can you see them? I have I have tissues yes. for the rest of the year. Utilized all my. <laughs> I have this whole tree of. You can't see. Yeah, you can see it. So yes, it, it, even just something like that. Ask ask for tissues. You will get kids bringing that's in good, boxes of tissues, and it helps you claim your life back too. So instead of you having to fight traffic to go get some tissues or cut something short. You're allowing yeah. people to to invest into you and to show their appreciation. And that's yeah. OK. If we can accept applause oh, from an yeah. audience, we can accept resources from others. So don't 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 be beyond that. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. So we talked. We're batting a thousand. We got the mm -hmm. S, got the O, we got the U. Last one is N, and that is nourish relationships. Talk to us. Oh, that's a good one. And that one has become so special the past couple of years. I think it, it, we're seeing this in a new light now as far as the relationships we cultivate with others. I think it's pandemic time has been a new way to connect with people, a new way to nourish relationships for sure in a, in a really intimate, beautiful way, whether it's relationship with students, you know, when we were all learning from home and having online classes, you're, you're seeing such a different side of people when they're sitting in their house and they're holding up their dog while they're singing their scales and stuff. So, so that's one way, but I think just always being open to open to the people that you meet and the people that you will meet someday, just, just, just stay open and, and let people have space too. If they, if they need a little bit of space to, you know, not really be out and chatting, you know, I think that's, yeah. that's a good, and, and then as you, again, as you, live more you see the people that you need to check in with once in a while and then ones who are going to be okay and you know just as i'm yeah. as i'm hearing <laughs> you I, I i i can't help but feel it's important not just to be a student of the subject matter but to be a student of our students to have that awareness of who they are oh, yeah. and and knowing who is who in the room and what that individual needs and mm -hmm. like we said before being that behavior detective and understanding that the behavior and i i've I've, I've definitely had to learn that this year because I'm in a new space and I don't know all the characters <laughs> of this of this production, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Whereas I had the advantage before of kind of knowing, oh, that's Susie's brother, that's Johnny's cousin. I, I don't yeah, know who anybody true. is. Yeah. And it can be so, it can be so easy to misinterpret behaviors or to define an individual by their behaviors. I don't really think that there are, um, behavior problems. I don't, I don't like to cast kids at behavior no. problems. I think there's problem mm -hmm. behaviors. I think there's problem behaviors that we need to identify yes. and address. But anytime that I can do that without demonizing the child or demoralizing the child, mm -hmm. I strive to do that. Am I perfect? No. I'm sure there's a child somewhere that's like, Mr. Smith is horrible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that kid exists, but oh, not me. <laughs> Just the law averages. No, this, I don't think. But no, probably you, somebody you, out there. But yeah, you know, yeah. it's never the intent. And I try to share that with my students all the time that that I'm never going to do anything intentionally to harm you. Now, why do I lead with that? Because I need them to understand that we're in this thing together. 
that this is a relationship. This is a yeah. relationship and, and it works both ways. And um, I think that's so important. You don't give them free reign necessarily, but you want to let them know that they do have say, that they do matter. Um, yeah. And that's that's that mm -hmm. can be a that can be a difficult line to toe for a first year or maybe even a oh dear teacher. I don't know how many years you got, but but it's it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, don't be afraid to, you know, I think my first few years, I was scared to approach a kid like and say, listen, we got to make a plan. We got to figure out I've gotten so much and having my yeah. own kids, it helps now that, you know, you just do just, it. Yeah, it gets easier. But afraid. yeah, they they, That's they, they well, won't bite. they'll be fine. Yeah. I'm just saying. Or maybe <laughs> that's I for another know. podcast. We I don't know. Just, uh, we've been bit. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's part two. Part, part two. two. Part two. Warning. Sometimes they bite. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Anyway, that's that's. They do. We're too deep in that. Anyway, so we got S. See yourself oh. beyond yourself. Oh, operate in optimism and excellence. You utilize all available resources in his nourished relationships. And if you do those four things, then I believe it puts you in a unique position to be sound. And D simply stands for this don't stop. Keep on going. And um, I, I, I definitely want to stop there, ironically, to, to just say thank you for sharing your time today, your talent, and just the treasure of your light with us today. Uh, I, I cannot imagine anybody who listens to this today did not take away something to help them be better and to help them walk into that classroom with confidence and assuredness um, on some level. So I, I definitely want to say thank you for all that you're doing. Congratulations on all that you've done and that you will do. And, and if you wouldn't mind, uh, can you let us know how we can stay connected with you? Maybe it's via social media or an email or whatever, you, you know, you yeah. can just kind of share with us. How can we, how can we stay connected with you along this journey called life? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best thing probably is my Instagram. It's probably my like most hip social media outlet that I use. It's about it. Um, but it's Mrs. Silcott Sings. So my last name is S-I-L-C-O-T-T. -T. Mrs. Silcott Sings on Instagram. Um, Katie.Silcott at Gmail is my Gmail. And I just am so honored to be here. It was so nice to talk with you and, and to just spread the joy and it's it's and that to end with what you just ended with the keep on going yeah. we need that so much we need it it's such a such a big lesson keep on going no matter what and and for my folks out there whether you mm -hmm. are in the classroom or whether you're uh you know a fan or a supporter of this thing called teachers and education um we just want to thank you and uh thank you again katie and and, and thank you to everybody that's listening today and i want to remind you that in this thing uh, we call teaching. There's always a deeper lesson. And today, always remember that this thing called life is just a class and the world we live in is our classroom. Mm -hmm. So whatever you do, keep on going and make your classroom sound, make your teaching epic. And I promise you, your legacy will be significant. Until next time, keep on going. The sound will change your world. Just that. Can you hear the sound? heartbeat of that motherless child as we search for love we all need a warmth of a smile there's a sound that is so sweet when we hear child you belong so let our words of love flow freely like a river strong and let us be 
Thank you. 